Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey, what's happening, Greg? How are you, man? Matt, great to see you. How's everything today? It's actually pretty good. We are uh, we're kind of approaching the holiday week for Thanksgiving holiday, and we've got some interesting stuff to chat about today. Um, but uh, we've got to actually record this in kind of two segments, right? Because we're doing a little bit of an intro to set the stage for for this interview we've got coming up. Yeah, this is pretty professional, in my opinion. Well, you know, usually we're sort of uh, you know. Uh, riding shotgun right through, uh, you know, recording production and, and, and release. And, and we're sitting here trying to like, you know, run this out and, and do intros. And it's pretty cool. It's fun, though. It's a great opportunity to sort of set up a, a fun conversation that we had um, just recently. Yeah, totally. We, uh, we next level over here, basically. So that's very cool. Well, hey, we're, um, it's a, uh, a bit of an odd time of the day, I think, for both of us. Uh, so neither of us have a poor check. But what do you have on the wrist? Or am on I wrong? Wrist do you today, have a poor check? On the wrist today is a BWC um, Vintage Chrono, uh, Chronograph, Valjus 7733 movement. Um, just super fun. Blue dial sort of has these uh, Newman-esque uh, subdials with the running sub-seconds and then the... Uh, uh, additional counter as well these big sculpted applied indices on the hours just a fun like you know run-of-the-mill 60s you know sport chronograph um that you know were probably ubiquitous back in the day and you can still find them everywhere of course but uh um you know it's got this i don't know how you describe it almost like a a cushion slash tonneau case um i don't know you know this one well but i put it on a, a blue croc strap recently and it's got i don't know very fun I was joking on Instagram, right? Kind of this fun, uh, you know, Monaco vibes, you know, this like racing, vintage racing chrono on croc. Yeah, dude, I like that watch a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm on record. There's two or three watches that I think just really look like you, you know, look like time and tequila. And that's definitely one of them. Um, I am actually also wearing a uh, blue dial watch today. And it must it's kind be of Monday, funny. by the way. It is Monday, so yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I watch. I'm wearing a watch that I don't wear very often, and it's kind of funny because I'm. I realized at some point midday today, we joked around about two episodes ago with uh, when we had Bro Dinky on, that he and I have a lot of overlap. And I think it was after the fact we went through like four or five or six watches that we have. I thought of at least two more, and one of them is this. This is the. This is the blue, sort of the old design uh, Seiko Alpinist. So this is that yes. limited edition that came out about uh, two or three years ago. Um, there was a lot of hype surrounding it. It's a really cool watch. I haven't bonded with it the way I kind of thought I would just because, you know, you like all of us, we had to pretty much buy these things sight unseen if you bought it, you know, from an allocation. And 
you know, based on the renders and the press photos and stuff, it looked like it was a matte blue dial and it's not, it's a, it's a shiny blue and then there's shiny silver indices. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's not super high contrast, but you know, every once in a while I like to pull this thing out and wear it. I have it on actually a pretty nice, um, you know, before I think it became illegal here in California, but I've got a, uh, an alligator strap, um, you know, nice, uh, uh, kind of black with the ecru stitching that sort of matches the loom in the, the handset on this watch. Yeah. Just, uh, it looks pretty cool. It's, it's the kind of thing that, um, I, I like it. I wish I liked it more. The case architecture is really cool. I don't, have you ever seen this? Yeah, I have. We talked about it a few times and I knew that it was one that you're, you know, you, you enjoy having it, but at the same time, it's not everything that you were, Maybe thinking it would be. It's an interesting conversation based, you know, if we think back to just last uh, last episode as we were debating the FXD, and I don't know how many people have seen them up close and personal yet, but, you, you know, we were making some, you know, quick decisions, which this is what we do, and, and, and obviously, right, when something comes out, but, you know, based off of renderings, photos, and, uh, you know, when you see things in person, sometimes it changes. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who gets that uh, that Tudor Pelagos FXD is going to probably be happy with it. But it's one of those things where it's just it's not for me based on the renders. And it, with this Seiko, it was just the opposite. I saw it and fell in love with the renders and the and the press photos. And when I got it, I was like, eh. <laughs> but you know what? It's I actually appreciate that you know that you that you can admit that. And it, it, it sounds weird, right? Like, but, you know, because it's a beloved, you know, part of the Seiko lineup. Um, like you said, there was a lot of hype and, and, and kind of steam, you know, leading up to that release. And um, it's almost like you're supposed to love them all. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. And sometimes you, they grow on you. But anyway, the point is, you know, just kind of being honest about, you know, how you feel about any particular pieces is, is pretty good. I think people sometimes forget that aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. Although, um, you know, I, I plugged this into Chrono 24 the other day. I'd, I'd heard that they'd done pretty well in the secondary, and that seems to be true. Who knows what yeah, they actually Chrono 24 did. Marketplace, uh, not Marketplace, what do they call it, your portfolio? Um, it's interesting. It's an, I mean, that's, we should do, I have some ideas on sort of the whole quote-unquote business of, you know, watch collecting or whatever, but we should dedicate probably some time to talk about that and parse some of it out because that's an interesting thing. It's, it's real. It's part of what's going on. It's part of, you know, your, your, you know, uh, you know, what you have allocated to your, you know, watch collecting hobby, but, uh, that's, it's an interesting thing to watch that graph. Yeah, totally. Right. I, I try not to pay attention to any of that stuff. And, well, but that's one where it's like, wow, what, huh? Yeah, that's right. You know, maybe a set it and forget it mentality with that one. <laughs> there you go. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's on the wrist. Um, and yeah, suffice, to, suffice it to say, uh, I'm pretty sure our pal bro has one of these as well. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Hey, I was going to, I'm going to send something over to you. I think you might really appreciate this. And I figured I'd bring it up too. And, and uh, maybe we'll share it on the show notes or if anybody has a uh, if it strikes anybody's interest as well, but there's a, there was a really cool um, article that I came across the other day and I thought of you and um, there's a, a, a company based out of Santa Barbara called um, Ocean Fathoms and they are, they are I don't know, cellaring. Is that even the right word in this instance? They are aging wine underwater a mile off the coast of Santa Barbara. So basically, you know, dropping bottles and bottles and bottles of wine onto the ocean floor 
for a year, two years, whatever, and then and then selling them. And it's a really fascinating concept, you know, and you, as you read the Times article, you can kind of get the sense that there's some skepticism in the author, but ultimately, you know, through throughout the article in blind, ta- t- blind tasting, they do say that the ocean rested bottles, you know, uh, outperformed the, it's non-ocean rested counterpart of, you know, uh, saved, saved for, of course, you know, side to side, the same, the same actual vintage. Um, have you heard of these guys? Have you, have you heard of anything like this? I haven't. No. I mean, I suppose the concept is, um, that it's just probably a very, very consistent exterior temperature on the bottle. I mean, that's the other question is like, what do they put it in some kind of a vessel and then, you know, drop it down and, and to what depth, or, I mean, is it literally the kind of thing they, you know, put bottles in a net bag and, you know, walk the plank, you scurvy dogs or something I like that. I kind of think what, so. What do they do? I'm going to send you pictures of these bottles, man. And they got barnacles on them. I mean, they look crazy. They look like, they look like somebody's, you know, Panerai Bronzo got left down on the ocean floor for about two years and came back up with all the goodies that come with it. You know, it's, uh, it's really, that's really something. They must work with particular partners. Like uh, I see over here, they have Coppola and uh, some others that I'm not as familiar with. Star Lane. I don't know if you know some yeah. of these other ones. I'll, I'll send you the list. But uh, I, apparently they got shut down for a little while by the, you know, the, uh, the gaming commission, Fish and Game Commission, sort of, you know, they're use, utilizing these, you know, uh, protect, I don't know if they're all protected spaces, but, you know, basically utilizing these spaces for kind of a commercial enterprise, I guess, you know, they're retailing these bottles. So um, interesting, though. Pretty wild. Yeah. Hashtag Davy Jones locker. <laughs> Davy Jones wine locker. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> I just figured that was a nice intersection of wine, diving, interesting things. Yeah. Well, hey, I think, uh, you know, Ballast Point makes a good beer called Fathom. Maybe we should do that with a bunch of bottles. Yes. Yes. Now we're talking, you know, the wheels continue to turn here at the Spirit of Time podcast. Yeah, totally. Well, hey, this is going to, again, this is going to kind of serve as a, uh, a preview or what sort I'm looking for, like an introductory kind of segment prior to this interview. So for the listener, just by way of background, you know, if you may remember from our previous episode that Greg had gone and checked out a micro and small brand specific event here in Los Angeles called LA Microlux, made a lot of interesting contacts and actually had an opportunity to sit down with one of these, uh, the principal from one of these micro brands. So Greg, if you would just kind of lay lay the you know the uh the groundwork for us and, and tell us a little bit about this so we have some context as i splice in the interview after yeah it was really fun i think you know leading up to the event um you know obviously a number of folks were coming into la from outside the area and one of uh one of the people we connected with was zakir from Haim watch company and uh they've been all over you know do, getting ready for you know their I think they're wrapping up a Kickstarter campaign at the moment, which if I understand correctly, was either fully funded uh, as of today's recording or, or very, very close to being funded. So congratulations uh, to, to Haim and uh, Zakir. And it was just a chance to sit down, learn more about them. I had, you know, I, uh, like a lot of these, I was unfamiliar with the, with the brand. It was, of course, it's in production or in campaign mode. So you're, you're not going to see a whole lot of them unless you, you know, happen to live maybe near one of these, um, you know, uh, one of these brand owners. And, uh, so we got the chance to sit down 
learn about Hame Watch Company, see the pieces up close and personal for the first time, and 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 meet Zakir too, because you know what we've talked about. It, I think on the last micro uh, brand episode, and I think others have talked about it before. Part of the appeal uh, and part of the part of the idea of buying into certain micro brands, of course, is your ability to to connect with with the person who owns it or the person who runs the brand, and I, that's a different feeling than um, you know buying into you know Rolex, you know Omega, Cartier. Um, whomever, where you're just, you know, that's not the direct connection you're going to have to, to, to the company or to the brand. So uh, we sat down with Zakir and actually I was able to, uh, to grab Josh from the Out of Time podcast. He happened to be in the area as well. And this is our we, buddy, uh, Horological Chronicles. That's right. And we, we, we all got together, the three of us, enjoyed some awesome food and great drinks at a fun, um, at a fun Mexican restaurant here in LA called Salazar. If you're familiar with the area, it's in sort of the Frogtown section, um, kind of adjacent to the LA River. I'm using air quotes as Matt's one of Matt's favorite on-air uh, <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, just awesome food, uh, great drinks, which we talk about throughout the episode. And we just give Zakir a chance to, to share what his path was, his journey, um, what he Watch Company is all about, what he might see in the future. Uh, Josh and I, you know, had a chance to to react to the pieces, ask him questions about the two models. He has the, uh, the legacy SE, which he'll get into, which is an extension of, of, uh, of uh, um, one model he had already launched and then the descent, which is a brand new model for him. And um, just a lot of fun. And, and hopefully, you know, this might be the first of a few opportunities we have to sit down with folks, you know, representing the brands or owning the brands and get a chance to hear from them directly and, uh, and learn sort of what they're up to and, and what they're hoping to accomplish. So, um, yeah, it was a really fun conversation. Hopefully the audio comes through really nicely. You know, we were at a, it's an outdoor restaurant, um, which is, you know, was really nice, you know, given, you know, everybody was traveling or, you know, people were traveling and coming in from different places. So, um, you know, it's got a good ambiance. It feels maybe you're, you might feel like you're right at the table with us, Matt. Yeah, well, I've previewed the audio and the audio does sound good. It definitely has atmospherics. Um, if, uh, if anybody is interested, you may hear the occasional F-bomb from the what sounded like a bachelorette party or something at the table <laughs> next to you. Uh, the, the ladies next to you sounded like they were they were having a good time. But, they, I um, think they were. They, I imagine their drinks might have been flowing. And a couple of times I, I looked over, I'm like, oh, wow, they're, they're really having a good time. And I'm glad they are. But I was like, yeah, hopefully this doesn't you know kill our audio. But uh, I'm glad it turned out pretty well. The conversation was fun. Um, it was really interesting to sit down with Zakir. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the last few times that I've seen Josh, you know, we've been all together as a bigger group and, uh, which is a ton of fun, but it was nice to, to sort of sit down with him too and, and do, you know, just a, a little bit of a different interview than maybe you and I would do just based off of different personalities and, and stuff like that. So it was great fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation as much as we did and, uh, give you a little more glimpse into what, uh, Hame Watch Company is all about and, uh, maybe put a little, a little bit of, um, you know, context to, to the pictures and the videos and, and all the things that you see, you know, on Instagram and, and, uh, and on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I had not heard of this particular micro brand, but having had an opportunity to kind of check some of their stuff out and to listen to the interview already, I mean, it is intriguing. And I would say that that, uh, that legacy piece is, it's a pretty watch. There's no doubt about it. So people should check it out. So, Hey, with that, why don't we just go ahead and, uh, 
you and I will sign off and everybody can listen to the interview with Zakir, Josh, and Greg. Stuff there. And at least at the least I can say, well, you know what, the brand's already been around for a year and I did it with I did it with the community support. Right. And right now this is just for me getting I'm getting all my analytics, I'm getting all the metrics and things that I need to know. Right. I was about to bring us heat. No, you can read. Thank you so much. Oh, actually, you'll get some of that revision. Oh, actually, we brought that out just for you. Yeah. Hey, it worked. Yeah. Boom. All right, check one, two, check one, two. I got one of these at the house, really and they kick ass. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. Get that ass out early. Are you recording? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey. Um, what's going on, Josh? Nothing, man. Chilling out here in uh, L.A. with a special guest. We are. We're, we're at Salazar in Frogtown. Yes, sir. Uh, northeast kind of L.A., just above downtown. Beautiful open air uh, Mexican restaurant with a kick-ass bar. I know we just ordered some drinks. I was drinks. checking out all the they had on the menu. Oh, I got one on the way. Yeah. I got one on the way. I know you do too. Oh, yeah, I'm going Paloma. I, I, uh, you can't I, go I went shallow in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we're out here with a with a special friend and a special guest. Um, maybe we should introduce him. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We got Zach so, here from Haim Watch Company. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, brother? How, how you loving the weather out here on the West doing Coast? well. I'm actually, you know what? I'm actually freezing. <laughs> so, which is weird, considering every time you come to California, you, you know, I, I'm i the guy with the shorts on when everybody else has winter coats. Now yeah. it's the opposite. I mean, mind you, I was in Vegas all week, so I got used to, to the weather in Vegas before coming out here. I still feel like we did you dirty a little bit. It's all right. I mean, hey, see, I went shallow in. We, we threw him in the deep end. <laughs> Learn to swim. Learn to swim. And we're right by the LA River too, so. So if you can't swim, or there ain't know. no water in there. Alright, yeah, that's, that's pretty. Empty. Although Summer told me your car's over there, that old one. Yeah, yeah, the old, uh, good old GL. Love it. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Rest in peace. We're just post Halloween, so it's still, still yeah. thin. So we, we, we stopped a, a little bit earlier as we were getting our food and drink orders together, and we were just about to get into who you are, what you're here for, and kind of what you're representing. And so it yeah, feels a good time as any to sort of jump right back into that conversation. What do yeah, you think? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about it. So, hey, my name is Zakir. I'm Watch Company. It's my brand. I started this brand about a year. So I'm about a year in now, and I'm here in LA for, for my products. It's a two-day trade show where all other boutique brands, such as myself, and we're just, we'll be in a room. We'll be in a room showing off what we have, and right now I, I'm on the heels of a new product release, or two new products. I figured, why not do one? Let's do two. And I'm really happy today because my, the campaign that I have for it via Kickstarter is actually about 90% funded. Amazing, that's cool. And that's I still have, I still have cool. about 20 days to go. Yeah. 20 days to go, but although, you know, I still... I'm still a little apprehensive as far as say accepting a congrats just because so far I've seen the numbers fluctuate. You see people who will pledge for it but then they back out. So you know it's kind of just waiting to see what ends up happening. That's interesting. I might want to get into that in a little bit later too, because as a consumer we right. see the Kickstarter process on our side and I'm that I'd never heard that before because I never really asked. And so we'll get into that later, but that's really interesting. Yeah, the one, I mean, just uh, my final note, point for now on that is, the one thing I wish is there would be a space where they could leave comments. 
Because kind of for somebody who would back on, I'd be curious to know why. Yeah, like okay, well, we'll get something turn you off, or like, or is there something else, or maybe you saw something else you want and you want to allocate your funds there. I mean, I, I don't know. It would just be helpful to know. Yeah. So once they initially pledge, do you get any information from them regarding where you could follow up? So I, I can, and I can post updates. I can send them messages and such. So which I, which I try to be pretty diligent on. Okay. And I mean, considering it's been 15 days and there's already four updates, and I still peri- periodically send out emails to everybody. So I try to, as a collector and a consumer myself, I am knee deep in this whole watch world. Or right. not knee deep, I'm actually above my head. <laughs> I'm in above my head. Yeah, over the ears. I'm over the ears. Yeah. Um, just being that deep into it. I see what brands do, and I kind of see where I would want to take mine. Right. Like I, I see what I would want, and I know what experience I would want, and I figure that experience, I can't be the only person who would want it. So that's an experience that I can possibly offer to others. Like one of the big things with the with the brand is, I, if you support my brand, you are a friend. Right. You're a friend of the brand. I don't want to say you're an owner. You, you're, you're a friend. You can hit me up, whatever. If I'm, if I'm around, if I am in your town, we can meet up and grab a bite to eat. I don't. I drink water. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the appeal for micro brands um, because of that close connection to you know the proprietors of that brand. Like right. typically, if they have an Instagram or you know some sort of page that you can email or interact with, you're literally interacting with the people who are behind the brand and, right. and, and that building a relationship and having that that input and that, that kinship um, I think really drives a lot of people to it so and you uh, know what's really awesome I like what really touched me and just knowing that you can be a part of experiences that people have with your timepieces for example um, with my debut model the legacy chronograph somebody purchased the watch to give to her now husband on their wedding day. So just to know that that's, they're gonna see that dope. watch, they're gonna wear that's that dope. watch on their wedding day and now know that hey that's my wedding watch. And knowing that I was a part of that and just, I we we plotted the whole thing to have it delivered to him without him knowing about it and so on and so forth and just knowing that I was a part of it, that was really cool. And I think that's something that I would want to keep in, just to be a part of people's moments. Not necessarily pop up in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little too We're keeping intimate. this PG. We're keeping it PG. But, I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about how you arrived at the name Legacy. Um, but essentially, you know, to be cheeky, you're part of the legacy of, of that couple, right? Oh, that's good. If, if, they have, yeah. if they have children or what have you, and we... We talk about we. You guys have talked about it. We talked about um, you know passing pieces down or seeing um, something that there's some sentiment where you're tied to. You know, someone can look back on the, their parents' potentially wedding day and seeing their dad with this certain watch, and then you know that may be passed down generationally. Yeah. Um, and so that that really adds to um, the whole thing, the whole story. Yeah. So how did you get with Legacy? Oh yeah. Well, and stop, and then even back us up even further from there. Yeah. How'd you get into this whole thing? So, you know, I, I've been into watches forever. I, for as long as I can remember, remember my old man, um, he had a very old Belova and a Seiko. I don't know, I don't have those pieces. I don't know what happened to them after he departed. 
Uh, but I remember fondly, he always had something on him. One of his things was hey, a well-dressed man would always have a watch. Always had a watch. And yeah. that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, throughout high school, you start getting into fossils and the fashion watches. And then, you know, when you start earning a little money, you start saving away, and you just get deeper down the rabbit hole. And around 2003 or so, that's when I bought my first real quote-unquote watch. And it's just been... What was that? It was a pre-owned Submariner. Nice. Uh, it was a pre-owned Submariner. I remember I talked to the guy to like three grand or something. <laughs> so I, How much? What did you say? About three grand. Woo, okay. This was in 2003. Yeah. So do you still own it? I, I don't. So I ended up doing consolidated. For my own personal watch collection, I consolidated pieces just to go after larger pieces. And since then, you know, I've purged my watch collection two or three times. So I've purged everything. Thank you. I've purged what I had two or three times just to, you know, build up towards other pieces. So it was unfortunately, I don't necessarily have a trust fund or a pool of money that I could just go and buy whatever I want. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I mean, I've been into it forever, and initially, even just professionally, for what I do for a living outside of um, outside of this, you know, in my spare time, I would start drawing watches, start drawing watches, start, start drawing designs as far as what I would want and things that I didn't see that I wish I could have. And, such and essentially once the pandemic started we had a lot more time to actually get those drawings get those sketches rendered and after showing off the renders to people other fellow collector community members and just friends they're all just like what are you doing with this i don't know I, <laughs> good I question know what I'm doing with it. Good, good question i just i thought it was cool well hell i want one and you know, they put the battery in my back. They put the battery in my back, and then at that point, that's when I decided, okay, let's make something happen with this. And I struggled with the name for the brand. I struggled with the name for the brand because I wanted something to be a, a namesake. And unfortunately, on a dial, my last name, I just didn't like the way it sounded. It didn't read right to me on a wash dial. And of course, my better half and all of her glorious wisdom, she was just like, well, spell it backwards. And here we are, hey. So that's my last name spelled backwards. Now, what I was telling Greg before, I found out after this, after making the brand about a couple months into it, I found out, oh, well, there's a band with the same name. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't listen, I listen to 90s hip-hop. Right, right, right. So what would you I, call them, like indie rock, maybe? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I, I'm, not so, I'm not so certain. I listen to just... Well, we already had a Wu-Tang reference earlier, so yeah. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. Wu-Tang, Biggie, what yeah, else is in your playlist? Well, I, ironically, my tastes shuffle between hip-hop and EDM. It's so okay. Oh, okay. No, they go together, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it de- depends on the mood. I mean, I have a couple artists that, that are kind of like guilty pleasures that I will listen to, but I'll never let anybody know that I... <laughs> not, even <on> this, <laughs> not even on this? Not even on this. Oh, I thought we were This is intimate right here. So, <laughs> <laughs> This no, is so, anyway, so after, because after I started launching, launching the products, that's when I heard, like in the comments, people would make references to the band, and who are you talking about? Right. So you know, of course, I do my googles, and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a band. I'm a little too late now, but you know what? Hey, this is—it's still my name spelled backwards, so I'm running with it. Yeah, it doesn't and, change that fact. No, no. And, and it works. We were talking about any car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
um, Oprah, you know, her production companies, her last name's spelled backwards. Harpo, yeah. yeah. Um, there's several brands that have, have done that, and, and it's just worked. Yeah. I mean, um, and that's what I did. So, you know, I I released the first model, the Legacy Chronograph, and how that name came about is this is going to be the first model. Regardless of how it's received, whether it's well received or not received at all, whether it's loved or hated, whatever opinion people have, this is still the first one. Okay. This is going to be the initial legacy. There you go. And that's where, and that's where that name came from. And so now with the new models, I built on it. I wanted to do another one. I'm, I'm still working out how I want to do branding as far as models. Like, what type of categories I, I want to create. Because right now I have a chronograph, I have a sports one. I do want to get into a dress piece. And mainly stuff that I that I enjoy. The type of watches that I that tug at my heartstrings. So I'm still figuring what I want to do if I want to keep the name Legacy going or ultimately roll it into something else. So for this one, it's the Legacy Special Edition. And what I did is, initially, how can I make the original Legacy better? How can I make it better? And that's what I feel I did with this. Uh, the casing is redesigned, so initially the, the design language on the other, on the original chronograph, on top of the, the crown, the crown box. And I did that because it, the case itself is 39.5 millimeters, but there are people, because you know the fashion is leaning towards, or the trends are leaning towards 42, 44 millimeters. I have a little dinky wrist. I, I can make a 33 millimeter look big. <laughs> so the, at 39.5, that is plenty for me, but for some people it may not be enough. Add, adding the crown guards to the case and reducing the bezel, so making the dial wider, it creates the optical illusion of, hey, this is a much bigger Where it's larger, yeah. But because it's manual, why some of the feedback was, hey, it's a little, for, for people with bigger fingers, it's a bit difficult to wind. Ah. So one of the things that I did with the casing is I wanted to, unfortunately, do I still love the crown guards, but I ultimately did away with them and widened the crown. So I didn't keep the crown the same, I made the crown almost double the size. So the crown is uh, is much bigger now. Yeah. I refinished the dial. So the dial on top of a standard sunburst finish, I added a hammered metal bezel or middle, middle center. And you still have your sunburst pattern. I changed some of the accents on top of it. I wanted to see the original chronographs were the panda reverse panda format mm -hmm. I stepped away from that just wanted to do a solid color so I have a gilt dial which is called midnight and this one here in front of you which is called copper river I wanted to do a salmon dial but my way and with that said for the salmon dials so oftentimes there's a lot of pink undertones in it I've removed all the pink it took seven different tries to get this dial the way I wanted it added more copper to it so it fluctuates between salmon and a shiny pink. And to top it off, turquoise accents and heated blue hands. Yeah, heated blue hands. Just going, nice. going with that type of finishing, which is something that you'd find more in high horology pieces and to keep it within that price point, it's something, it definitely punches above its weight. So I want to get into like the, um, kind of the movement choice, you know, and how you were able to source that and, and kind of put everything together. But before we do that, let's do maybe a drink, a drink and food check. Yeah. And then take a break. Um, so, all right, what do you got on the plate and what's in our glasses? And let's take a quick pause and enjoy that before we get into the conversation. So what do you got on the plate today? On the plate. 
tacos and fries. What kind of tacos? You got carne? Carne. Yeah, I forgot the name of the summer. Is that, is that pastor? No. Might be, no. Barbacoa? No. We'll double check on that one. I know sitting in front of me are the asada fries. <laughs> and that's always it's a, a big hit. Taco. <laughs> okay. You were ready for tacos tonight. Josh yeah, was in the glass, man. Is, uh, this is my first meal of the day. Yeah, that's why I say like, you need to take a break. Yeah, yeah. I got a, a Paloma in my cup, man. Mm. And um, it's not made with Sprite like I do at the, <laughs> no, <excuse laughs> at the squirt, squirt like I do at the crib. <laughs> this is actually a grapefruit, which is a yeah. nice... Sophisticated change. Yeah, yeah. This one's a pinky up Paloma. Right? Yeah. No, Outside of the food in my cup, just water. Just water. Just water. Just water. I ordered uh, the mezcal Malbien uh, Papalote from Guerrero, which I, I've seen it, but I haven't had a chance to try it yet. The black label. Um, so I snapped a picture and I'll share it with everybody, but it should be should be quite tasty. So, so have you had your first sip? Nope, not yet. Papalote's tasty. Why don't you uh, take a little sip and let us know what you think? I might do this too. <laughs> I, I love it. And I was listening to the episode that we did, the, the shared one today, and you guys, you guys just went too hard on me. It, it, it was unwarranted. I, I know. Mean, you I, told me it's not even what you said, so now I'm just running with it. I figured it was the only thing to do. All right, let's take a quick pause, enjoy some food and drink. All right, cool. Perfect. No, it's just you know she has a backpack. And we're back. That, that conversation could have gone in so many. Other directions. Well, for some reason, I, I guess I didn't hit record, so we might have we might have missed some, some choice cuts there. But that, that's okay. Maybe it's all for the best. So uh, Josh is is enjoying um, the Legacy Two on the wrist right now. But yes, sir. Before we jump back into sort of the movement conversation uh, on both watches, the Legacy Two and, and the Descent. Uh, and some of the other things that we had in mind. Let's quick check in on our on our drinks. Josh, what, what do you got? I double down on the Paloma. Double down. Can't go wrong. You can't. No. Especially when there's fresh cotton grapefruit juice. Come on. There's no squirt here. Yeah, no squirt. No squirt. Not even Haritos. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. No, they, they did it right. They did it right. Put me to shame. They did. They did. Um, I opted for uh, the Bonetta Ricea, the uh, Sierra version. Um, and so, uh, you know, a little bit funky, a little bit kind of uh, interesting vibes, and uh, let's enjoy. So, yeah, I'm still uh, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> I'm still the water boy. You know what? That's uh, an underrated flick. Although it was pretty big, I remember when it came out. Yeah, it went to the theaters. Whole group, whole gang of people. What was it? Liquefying H2O? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's get back into movement conversation. Uh, I think we left off, we were talking real dial side on Legacy 2, and we were about to flip over and start talking a little bit about movement, so and the take us away. So on the Legacy Special Edition, or SE, the movement is the Seagull ST1901. And the choice of movement for that, uh, I ran with it for a few reasons. One, I was adamant in the initial design of having the car removed. On the chronograph movement, that was kind of a non-negotiable movement. It had to have a car removed. The other non-negotiable was pricing. I had to keep it under a certain price point, and for this, it punches well into the $1,500, $2,000 category for something that is MSRP under $600. Um, on top of it, I've used the movement in other watches and my own personal use, and they've been fairly reliable for what they are, and not to mention, 
just something with that type of finishing and that type of visual aesthetic, you're not going to get it. You can't find it anywhere else at that point. There's nowhere else you can find it. And if you think about the movement's history, that's the other thing. Yes, the 1901 does have some history to it. It's a direct clone of the Venus 125. And matter of fact, Siegel brought all the blueprints and everything from Machinery Venus. too, right? Yep. So there's a little bit of a history lesson when you, whenever you turn the watch over. And not just that, you get a column of chronograph movement and you're not just staying within a certain budget, budgetary number. And I'll be clear, I think I think it's a beautiful movement. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. And you were saying that your, your Kickstarter is 90% uh, pledged and... You said you didn't want to get approximately 90. I think it's like 88 or 89 percent. Yeah, it, I, I call that 90. Um, and yeah, I, that's there. And of course, you know, the distant. I'll, I'll let you take it. I just real quick. No, no, no. So, what what made you lean towards uh, Kickstarter? We had a little conversation uh, off mic about so going through that avenue. Yeah, super oh. interested from the from the owner perspective, from the brand perspective. So when I built this brand, I initially did the debut model. I released the debut legacy without any crowdfunding, just with community support. Just with support from the collector community, they liked what they saw and they, they backed it in the form of uh, pre-orders. And of course, the pricing was really attractive. It was at $3.99. And when you see other players well within 600, 650, or even 700 at that point. So it was a much more attractive uh, value proposition. But not just that, they, like, I wanted to prove, or I wanted to do something that was supported by the community in that sense. Actual diehard just watch enthusiasts, aficionados, and people who are just uh, like-minded. So for this uh, for this model for for these two, I decided I needed. But again, uh, let me let me rephrase myself. So after I released the models with the just independently, no crowdfunding in that sense. As, as a small operation, there's no marketing budget. Right. There is no marketing budget. Unfortunately, to reach people, I don't have the means. Don't have the means to reach. Uh, to reach a crowd and unless I start cranking out volume and this is where I know I'm shooting myself in the foot and I admit it I own it like I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot each and every time because now let's take the owner hat off and put the watch collector hat on okay. and the thing with me with watches you want something that's exclusive you want something that's also limited a little harder to get you want something that not everybody has so all of my watches are done in small batches Okay. Very small batches, and once that batch is done, I'm not producing it. Like the original legacy was, each color was 150 pieces. I'm not making any more. Once, once those numbers hit, that's it. We're done. And same thing with these. Uh, as I was talking about the legacy I see on Kickstarter, there's two versions: a mechanical and a hybrid. The hybrid version, of course, is limited to Kickstarter, so only 20 of them sell. I will only produce 20. There will not be any more produced. So going back to that, uh, since I know I'm not going to be cranking up the volume, and on top of it, it's not it's not a heritage brand. I don't have that type of esteem where I can charge you twenty thousand dollars for a piece. So even if I did a small number at twenty grand a pop, you're still breaking in or bringing in a decent figure. At this right. point, when it's still such a small dollar value and a small number, the resources are limited. It's a very the brand is a very extremely lean operation. 
And that being said, no marketing budget, but I need to reach people. So how do I solve that? I'm still early enough where I can get the metrics. I can see the metrics that a crowdfunding platform would offer and also get the data that I need. So for future releases and for future business now, I know where my audiences are. And this is stuff that's worth a lot of money then, you know, you're getting it for free. Yeah, yeah. So just so now I know where, or now I know where this audience is coming from. Not to mention the reach they They do a lot of marketing on your behalf. And that's mainly the biggest attractive point of it. Or that's the most attractive point, I should say, is to have that type of marketing uh, partner. And for that, I'm able to take for to grow the business in the future. Well, now I know what my target markets are, and if I wanted to do limited edition releases just for that market, I can do so. Or if I needed to focus advertising budgets and whatnot, now I know where I can allocate it towards. So just getting that type of stuff—that's pretty much priceless. What are the shortcomings of the Kickstarter platform? Well, you know, of course, as uh, enthusiasts, you know, there's some. And obviously some companies in the past who probably burnt customers. So, you know, there's a reputation. There's a reputation of, oh, well, it's dubbed a Kickstarter watch. And I'm hoping since I've already, I've already been able to launch a model without it, I've done it independent. This is just helping me take it to the next level here. I don't want to constantly rely on it. Just enough when, I, when the brand grows and it has that reputation, now I can do things, now I can have interactions directly with direct to consumer again. And hopefully even try to get into some retail rates. Josh, you, you heard that before? That's a, that's a Kickstarter brand? Yeah, I, I think that sometimes it carries a, a negative stigma. But... Again, we're talking about a small brand. We're talking about an individual, and you know that individual can change the uh, the minds and hearts of people. Um, and I think a lot of the micro brands have started as Kickstarter brands. Um, you know, for better, almost everyone now that everybody that the community is fond of, they all started. Yeah, and so you. I think there's definitely a negative connotation with it, but a lot of people have broken out of it. And, and, you know, there's a path of redemption, really, as long as you're delivering the product that the people want and, and expect. Of course, as long as everything is done right, they get what they they get what they paid for. The communication is there. Communication is exactly. need. Make sure updates. Make sure you provide an update before somebody has to go asking for it. Correct. And also, again, I'm new enough to where I can go down this path right now. And, and you also talked about some of the changes you made on Legacy, just based off the initial feedback right. on the first release. And so you are someone who is listening to to the community and, and, and taking action in, in that regard. I'm a part of the community, just yeah. personally. I'm a part of it, and I consider myself a, a collector first. Yeah. First and foremost, that's what I would consider myself. And I think you know you're here in LA for you know a micro watch event. For micro watch. And um, I, I think that also helps um, with connecting with people right. and having them connect with you individually and, and having two those weeks ago I was in New York at the wind up watch fair with one and one yeah I heard that was great by the way that was great the feedback uh, the feedback was all positive I I mean I gained a lot of traction on the campaign during that weekend people were just right there okay, I love what I see I'm right here on the spot 
that was really awesome. It moved me. Uh, they got to see the watches, they got to interact with me, and I got to share a bit of my story with them too. And that's big, seeing a watch in a, in a campaign or on you know, the internet or, or on Instagram or what have you is a lot different than being able to see one in the metal right and see how the light reflects off it and see how it sits on your wrist and you know that brings a whole different dimension to right. that that you know and you know whenever I post pictures on the brand's Instagram page I try to keep them as unaltered as possible like, right hey, the only thing I'm gonna adjust maybe a bit of brightness and that's it outside of the professional pictures for uh, for marketing purposes everything else I try to show is realistic of a shot as you would get right yeah that's a great so I don't know if we've gotten into all the specs on the descent yet but so the other day I think you had posted something and I, I, I sent you a quick message I said whoa yeah you know the descent because you know I think it's described as royal right, right. you have the royal and midnight midnight and the royal can go like right now we're it's a little bit dark right it's we're outside at nighttime it's, it's a very deep navy you know, go to black, but there's you know you see the blue. The other day it looked almost purple, and it was like right. super interesting. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more about the descent? Maybe what makes it interesting? Dial side, you know, so, and, and what else? So the descent is my first introduction of a sports watch for the brand. I wanted to do a sports watch that is based on my personal tastes, but I wanted to do something very different and original. And the other thing, I just have to side give a sidebar here. With, uh, with all the watches that I'll put out, the main key is originality. I don't ever want somebody to look at my watch and say, oh, well, this reminds me of so-and-so, this reminds me of a Vacheron, this reminds me of a Royal Oak or an Autolist. I, if, if, I, if I get that comparison, I would feel that I failed. So even if that means I go a year or two without releasing anything, that just means maybe I am having a bit of a creative spunk. But anything I do, it is going to be as original as it possibly can. Because I, I see some other brands getting all sorts of accolades. And it's interesting because when you look at the watch, it's like, oh, that just reminds me of something else. It's kind of like, it's almost as if it's a homage of something else or a knockoff. I don't want to go down that path. So with the Descent, it's my first take on a sports watch. I wanted it to be a watch that I would wear anywhere. I think about travel. I love to travel. I think about a watch that you can take with you, and even if you had no choice but to take one watch with you. Um, honestly, we all probably pack multiple watches on trips. <laughs> it's, that, that's a whole conversation and stuff. We should not yeah. be worried like that, but we are. <laughs> no, I, that could be a two-hour conversation. Yeah. yeah. Easy. But, you know, if you go somewhere and say, you know, if you have uh, even if you have a Rolex and you go somewhere, say, Paris or where these cities that have reputations where people are getting robbed and whatnot, maybe you might just want one watch to take with you that you can do everything with. You can go to the beach, you can go out to dinner, and that's what the descent is. It comes with two straps, a silicone and another strap, so the silicone strap, when you're in the water and you're towing around, you can use it and just change out the strap, pop the leather strap in, and now you're good for dinner. You can pair it with a blazer. And the dimensions, I wanted it to be handsomely sized, but not too big and not too small. So it's at 39 millimeters even, but the top, the bottom, up to the measurements, only 45. So do all your straps come on quick release straps? So the silicone, the silicone will not be a quick release, but the watch is going to come with a, a strap tool. 
Okay. So the watch actually ships in a package. It's going to be awesome. Saw that. Really nice leather, handmade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A watch roll that holds up to three watches, and there's a little pouch for the straps to So you get the tool with it, so you okay. take it with you. Now, the leather straps do have to quick release the silicone, the demos, and all the molding and whatnot that I've tried, it would just break off. Okay. And I'd rather not put it, I'd rather not put it and risk it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it uh, makes sense. And, and I don't know if we were on mic or off mic, but you were talking about uh, some of the design and, and you drawing up watches and the essentially rendering so how do you think what you have envisioned in your head has transferred to the metal are, are these what you were envisioning the whole time so the the legacy se yes the legacy se was what i envisioned in my head just before it came out the descent a little it actually came out better than what i envisioned oh wow that's so everything that I had in my head because I was just too afraid that it would be your typical dive watch. Right. Like I was just so afraid that it would just be. And you know the thing with a lot of micro brands, they all have dive watches. That's right. Kinda, and you know I've seen inside jokes about, or I've seen jokes about micro brands doing nothing but divers. I want to avoid that stigma also. So I hashtag watch meme. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the homie Brodinky. That's right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, he got a new pod. Oh, yeah. Uh, he does have a new pod. Wrist cheese. It's very cool, very interesting. And he might make an appearance on uh, Spirit of Time here very shortly. There you go. Nice. So, I feel that the descent, the descent, you see it in the metal, it, comes, it came out better than what I envisioned. So, it doesn't resemble anything typical. And actually, the tagline for it is, with the descent, not your typical timepiece. Okay, so you have legacy and descent. Um, is there going to be some sort of synergy between the names that you select for the for the watches? I synergy that would be a yes and no. That would be a yes and no answer. I feel I, I, I love a yes and no answer. By the way, <laughs> I know we were just talking about that. I don't think I'm gonna try to do. I just do have to turn up these bar lights so it's going to get a little brighter for you, okay? okay. Thank you. Yeah. All good. So I do, I don't think the names are going to have all these, a bunch of correlation behind them or between them or amongst each other, but they will have their own individual meanings. Okay. And like I know I have a, I have a dress piece that I have in mind. And that's something else I want to get into. That's a whole different ball game. Oh, okay. That is that's down that's down the line. I it has to be done a thousand percent perfect. If it if it's not, then it's never going to see light of day. It'll just be a prototype and be as is. Um, that one again. I'm from Chicago, and that one will be named after something. It'll be a, a landmark in Chicago. Mm. Okay. So there will be a little tie in that sense. Yeah. Okay. But like it's not gonna be cliche in a sense. Like it won't be the bean, <laughs> right? Or I wanted to buy a Millennium Bean watch, man. Yeah, it's not Damn gonna it. be the Millennium Bean. Sorry to disappoint. But with the descent, and again, I did things different. Like you really don't see a lot of sport utility watches with the type of finishing that's on it. You have the the hammered finish. You have the guilloche center, a gilt dial, and on top of it, I call what I have what I call the proprietary dual bezel. It combines a dive timer and the GMT in one. 
that is something that's pretty much unheard of. Yeah, it's a handsome watch. Thank you. And right now on Kickstarter, there's still there's still somewhere that you can get where you can pledge for that and get it for $3.99, which is for a watch to come with that watch, that type of movement, the Miyota 9039 with the customized rotor, hacking seconds, it's the top of the line, or it's a premium Miyota caliber. To get that with the watch, the silicone strap, the leather strap, the leather case, the strap, to all of that for $3.99. Yeah. That's a steal. Yeah. Your uh, your price points are, are definitely appealing. Um, you know, one of the things I one of the things with the brand, no matter what I do, I want to try to keep the pricing to a certain point or to a certain appeal. Just this is a nod to my own my own background, my own childhood, my where I come from. I come from very very humble beginnings, and I remember there was a time when I. I figure I want this to be a watch that still has the same type of quality and finishing of a high horology piece, but accessible for most people. You know, for the, say somebody who just finishes college and about to enter the professional world and they need a they need an adult watch. Or just somebody who's saved up for a little bit and they're able to buy their first watch. Like I want that's what I want to be. Or perhaps somebody that doesn't want to get what, you know, everybody else may already have. Right. And also, if you just want to watch the, you know, where you can put on, you don't have to worry about knocking it up because it costs so much money. Live with it. Yeah. Like how they're meant to be done. Yeah, so you were talking about the um, the runs of, you know, 150 watches. So are they numbered? Or so you, you would just have to... I have, uh, I have my own records for it. So I have my own records for it. I didn't do the numbering in that just because initially, initially, again, this was me learning the ropes mm -hmm. and with supply chains and costs and whatnot, I just had to keep things down as trim as possible. So I didn't mm -hmm. go the extra, I didn't do the numbering on it. Now in the future, in the future when I decide to do you know, like something that I would actually designate a limited piece, there will be markers on there will will be markers on the watch somewhere. Because whether, no, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Whether it's going to be on the back, on the dial, on the case, it'll be there somewhere. Because I have some pieces that are, are limited, um, and they're numbered, and I have one in particular that is not, and I know it's limited to 88 pieces. The the Laurier. Uh, 88. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and it's not numbered though. Yeah, and they. Essentially, I asked them, how come it's not numbered? Like, I'm curious. I want to know which number <laughs> this is. And they essentially said they didn't assign it a number because they wanted you to make your own uh, story or, or what have you. Um, I've been meaning to go back and have some something added to it. Just <laughs> personal to me. <laughs> what, 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 what would be your preferable number? Um, I don't know, 88 to infinity? <laughs> you, you put me on the spot. I, I had a couple things, but I, I, I couldn't pull one up right now. <laughs> well, I kind of like in my own head, I like number one or the last one. Yeah. One of 88 or 88 of 88. Yeah, I, and I, I really dig those as well. Yeah. Well, you know, the watches do come with a warranty card, and on the warranty card I do, it's serialized, so then you would see what number you have based right. on that. Based on the serial. Based right. on serial in that sense, and I do, of course, uh, 
keep records of everything. Right. Now in the future, yeah, as I as I grow, there's certain things. Again, that one, the initial legacy was me. It was my first um, attempt at a at a watch, and from there I learned so much just throughout that throughout this year. There's so much that I learned, and I'm hoping that it's evident in these two pieces. And of course, the journey doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 quite clear, you know. I have in my head right now. I have the next evolution of this already. already? I'm a. I want to. I want to tell you about it. I can't. But the, if I tell you, I it's gonna. Blow All right, so we're looking at two watches. So the next evolution of which one? Legacy. The next evolution of the legacy. Okay. You'll let us know when the embargo is lifted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually considering. I might do it as a just a piece unique. Yeah. A piece nope. unique. Let people pass it around, and then eventually just auction it. See if I can auction it and put that money towards a good cause. That would be yeah. really fantastic. Nope. That would be a much more democratic approach to sort of the one watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think is a really cool thing. I really do. But uh, a much more kind of one watch of the every people. I am. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to sell for 1.5 <laughs> uh, Swiss, Swiss francs. francs or something, yeah. you know, or 1.5 million Swiss francs. I don't expect that. But it would be whatever it does. It would go to it would go to a specific cause, and that's the another thing with uh, with the brand. I want to make sure I always give back. So uh, once. Once all the operations are taken care of, profits do a portion of the profits do get donated as well. Yeah, There's mostly locally, of, Chicago area, or yeah. yeah, that's good. That's where yeah, I want to start. You are. Yeah, yeah, start at home. Start there and eventually just branch out. Yeah, because I mean, there's still so much that we could do. You know, if if we are in a position to do something for somebody else, like you know, we should. I saw a quote that really it it stuck out. It said. When you have the opportunity to do something for somebody, go ahead and do it because that is that's God answering somebody else's prayer through you. Mm. That's uh, that's actually pretty profound. And you know, it, it's something that sticks with me. So if I have a chance to do something good, why not? I love it. Yeah. I'm glad that you shared that. I'm glad that you shared these pieces, you know, with us here today. I'm glad that you're here in LA. I come from Chicago, and uh, I'll let that roll by. <laughs> the lights are on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The heaters are getting rolled away, although one is right next to us right oh, now, yeah, so yeah. We're, we are the, comfortable. The, yeah. But Kanye, hey, fresh off the... Happened my step. <laughs> yeah, you, you defrosted a little Man, bit. Man, I was freezing before. <laughs> Our Chicago homie has defrosted. Yeah, and we're just out here just living life. Just living. Yeah. Just loving the change. L-I-V-I-N. Yeah. Listen, F- my, my ethnicity stems from south of the equator. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Genetically, I'm supposed to be in tropical weather. <laughs> Well, on that note, gentlemen, I think uh, the lights are on, yeah. and uh, it might be time for us to, to pack up everything we brought with us. Of course. This yeah, has been good fun. It has been. Uh, this has been actually time. quite, uh, quite uh, you know, informative, too. Yeah, thank you. Thanks uh, Thanks for meeting up. I really enjoyed this, and, you know, got to do it again. And next time, if you guys ever get out to Chicago, again, I'll we'll go, out for some, we'll go out for some pizza. I'll take you somewhere. Not that's deep not, dish, not because deep that's dish. what tourists do. That's right. Yeah, we don't Chicago want. Thin. We'll get some Chicago Thin. Chicago Thin. Look it up, people. And 
If you want to check us out on all of our social media, it's at HaimWatchCo, H-A-I-M, WatchCo. That's it. The website is HaimWatchCo.com. So it's And pretty- you can link off the Kickstarter. You can link to the Kickstarter from all of those? Right. Okay, good. And we'll be at uh, Microlux. I'll be at, I'll be at Microlux. This probably so. won't post in time for that, to you know, just yeah, so yeah. everybody's clear. But uh, we'll probably do you know a little recap, and um, you know that's kind of the point of of, of, of uh, the visit. So um, of course, you know. and Microlux is tomorrow and Sunday. That's from eleven to five for people that are out here. Yeah. yeah shout out to my boy Marty. I'm to meet can't, people. Can't mention Chicago without my boy Marty. That's right. Wiggly wiggly worm. <laughs> wiggly 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 worm. And ironically, Marty, and the best part is Marty's pretty much a neighbor. We, we live in the same neighborhood. We're blocks away from each other. Names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Marty, awesome, awesome, awesome guy. Um, he can apparently see my balcony from his balcony. Oh, that's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> I, a little I'm concerning. At- <laughs> a little concerning. We'll, we'll cover that on another episode. Yeah. Um, to be continued. To be continued. Well, I miss you Chicago, and we when we do to- get out there, we're going to look you guys up. We would have to actually dial Marty into that. I'll let him defend himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally open to that. And in fact, I think, as I'll leave everybody with this, as the Out of Time podcast was launching, uh-huh. I think you solicited guests that you thought would be really interesting. Before yes. we knew what your, your, you guys had to do in person. I don't think right. I, I don't think I quite understood that at the time because you were formulating it. And I, I'm pretty certain I suggested Marty because I really appreciate what he does in his collection and yeah. you know, his, his humor. Yeah, wide ranging. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, love the guy. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, let's let's wrap this thing up because uh, the heaters are being taken down. I'm sure they want this check to be paid. Oh yeah, uh, we all got a busy weekend ahead of us. But yeah, this was awesome, man. A lot of fun. Thanks for coming out to visit with us. Hey, thanks for meeting up. All right. Well, on that note, cheers, gentlemen, and cheers. Uh, we'll see you all at Microlux. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at spiritoftimepodcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.